welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The last few pods were solo. Um, and you kind of like teed both of them up as if we were together. And then you're like, nah, it's a solo pod. But I got to say, I listened to all of them. They were quick and easy listens, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, you held it down while I was away at New York Fashion Week. I always week. hold it down. Let's just put it that way. Listen, 100. I always hold it down, okay? I don't I don't come with the garbage, the garbage that some podcasts put out, but that's not about that. Oh, yeah, tough guy. We got a lot on the go right now. And We've got a ton on the go. I want to start with my boy, big fan, not saying he's the best, nothing like that. But in what world does Mick Schumacher not have a seat in F1. Has he not done enough to prove he's a D- he's a capable F1 driver? I'm telling you, bro. The world of F1 is a dangerous place. It's ruthless. If there's a world that Nicholas Latifi's on the grid next year, there's you know, no world. There's no world with Nicholas. Oh, there, there's there's a world. There's no world. He could be fun. No there's, money. There's <laughs> absolutely no world where Nicholas Latifi makes it on a grid next year. You can't tell me that because Mick can take his seat or Nick DeVries will take a seat, which we'll get into. But there's no world where Nicholas TV is on a Bro, grid. There's a world that we don't even know if Danny Rick's on the grid next year. That's okay. Danny's old. Mick is young. Mick is like 23. And I thought Colton Herta, there was no chance. Now there's a chance. Well, no. Colton Herta's super license got denied. Yeah, but now they're still trying to figure out a way for him to get enough points. Well, maybe, but he's, he's probably not going to happen. Anyways, back to the point is, is that if Mick doesn't have a seat and Nicholas TV does, I'm boycotting Formula One. I'm with that. And you know why? At the start of the season, K-Mag came out looking super hot. But when's the last time K-Mag looked better than Mick? Not often. I mean, he might have done it in one race. But I think consistently since, you know, Mick had the accident in, I think it was Australia. where he Ever since the, the battle, Canadian Grand Prix, Mick he, has been better. Yeah. The thing about Mick that people don't understand or if you haven't followed Mick's journey is he's continuously got better in year two. Year two has always been very strong for Mick. So my issue with everything going on is since when in the last eight, six or eight races, has he not shown he's a capable F1 driver? He had a great race last race. In my opinion, he showed that great overtake. I know you didn't watch the race that well, but he made a really risky overtake, made it work. Nicholas TV passed him again because he was coming out a little slow. I did see that. And then he came back out and he took overtook. Like it was a good move. Like you have to show great driver instinct for that. But point being is that what you can't tell me what Mick has done wrong. If anything, it's like, how has Joe been better than Mick? Now Joe brings money, but why would you have Joe over Mick? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But let me pose this question: Does it almost feel like Gunter of all people has like an agenda with Mick? I think Gunther knows that he has a time limit, or he has he's on a ticking time bomb. Because normally Gunter's this really fun like bubbly charismatic guy i wouldn't tell him bubbly he, well you know I think, awkward out, bubbly. I think he's outgoing that's a better word whatever he's not like a pessimistic person he's pretty optimistic i mean he's calling people fucking wankers on air yeah but that's my point like he's calling them wankers like it's a, it, his whole demeanor if you're the principal for Haas, yeah, he's a little goofball you have to be optimistic because it sucks oh, i mean this i mean it's not that bad this but year. the point that i'm trying to make is i've always felt like gunter doesn't get along with mick and it kind of comes across that way i mean that is a very 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 plausible thing i don't want to blame it on gunther he should still have a seat 100% he should have a seat. There's no okay. way, like, it, 
why in my he, mind, why does he take Latifi's seat? He should have. So these are the drivers I think. Okay, there's one driver everyone in the world 110% agrees should not be on the grid next year is Nicholas Latifi. Great. Then there are like the fringe guys. I don't think Nicholas Latifi thinks that. <laughs> yeah, bro. Nicholas Latifi, the fact that he even has a following online is is beyond me. And listen, by the way, just so everybody knows, we don't dislike Mi- Nicholas as a person. It's just we're talking people. The whole as world a has said it. There's no beef with Nicholas. The reality is you're taking up one of 20 and you don't belong there. No, he doesn't. He's kind of like he's kind of like that sore thumb in a room that just doesn't belong. So, you know, we've got, hypothetically speaking, very probable, Latifi's gone. Vettel's gone. You know, there's not a world. Okay. Is it like Joe's coming back? We know that. We would Yuki's hope coming so. back. We know that. We don't know if Yuki's coming back. I would hope so. Bro, this is why this okay, whole grid is scary, but, bro. But think about, who would you rather have, Yuki or Mick? That's a hard call. Yo, that is like rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, you know <laughs> flip what? A, flip a coin. I'm actually going to go with Mick. I think Yuki's more talented, but I think Yuki's head isn't there. Yeah, Yuki's a little bit, you know. He's a little bit of a head case. Like, not like in terms of like a toxic way, but I think he's still got some maturing to do. I really think Yuki's got some maturing to do. Well, you know, Mick is the son of arguably the GOAT. And he's obviously you. You can tell by his interviews. Mick has a very Mick is just so much further ahead very because leveled, of his upbringing. Yeah, he's very level-headed. He's very intelligent in terms of how he speaks. So I guess the word is he's very well spoken. And I just generally think Mick is the better call than Yuki. That would be my honest opinion. Even though I would prefer Yuki on the grid, I think teams will prevail. With how do you Mick. think Mick would look if he was in that AlphaTauri? That's a hard call, man. I mean, listen, it's all about driving styles. I think he'd do f- similarly well. Like, I think Mick's a good driver. Like, he he hasn't proven that he's not. Because you have to look at the results. He's won in every level he's been at. F2 and F3. And his first year was bad, but that's a rookie year. This year has been good after after the first five or six races. And I can't discount the fact that he's improved. You can't look at the past always and be like, oh, that's it. You have to look at the present. And he's been good as of late. But I'll throw this out to you. So there's only one seat. Sorry, there's two people that should be off the grid. You said them, Vettel and Latifi. There's only one seat being taken up. So we've got the Alpine seat still to be no, determined. No, I'm talking about there's only one seat that's been accounted for. There's two people leaving and there's one person that's yeah. new, which is Oscar Piastri. So who takes the other seat? There's, and how many, how many viable options are vying for this one seat? Four? Well, no. Well, I, I more meant like we have, we have one open seat to a newcomer. That's right. Because Vettel's leaving and Latifi's leaving. Mm-hmm. So that's Nick DeVries. How come Thing doesn't take up that seat? Mick oh. doesn't take up another seat on the grid that's open. So Why doesn't Alpine take Mick? Because I'd rather take Danny Ricardo. You just said he's old. You'd rather have... No, I meant like I'd rather Danny be a good driver because Alpine's a little different competitively. Like, my reasons for Alpine are different. If you're talking about the bottom half of the grid with Haas, I'm taking Mick Schumacher over Giovinazzi. Okay, so in that mid, that's kind of pushing forward, Mick's not, you would rather Danny. I'd rather Danny because I think Danny's still a good driver, and I think he is going to get more out of the Alpine car. He's also worked for Renault before. What do you think of when other drivers, because obviously Seb, we've, we kind of find like Seb just is all about positivity all the time. And I know Lewis is too, but like both Seb and Lewis have stepped up and said, Danny's a great driver. Does that have any actual merit? Of course it does. I mean, when the, when the other GOAT 
<laughs> and the four-time world champion, champion say it when when you have 11 world championships say that you're a good driver he's obviously a good driver and that's my whole point with danny is like i always thought danny was a good driver but he's not a world championship level driver or at least he's not now maybe he was before but my whole point behind everything is danny still belongs on the grid in a competitive car i wouldn't say the best car but there's no reason why danny shouldn't be on a top five team you know lando's made him look bad but let's get it. Let, let, let's what did you think of Danny's last race? It's pretty good. I mean, his best race in a while. He had a, he had an engine issue, right? I think he did pretty well. But we all tout toot whatever the hell the damn word is. Lando Norris is a ne- as a future world champion. So he, you're gonna lose to a future world champion, just like you're gonna lose to Lewis Hamilton if you're his teammate. And Max. Y- yeah, hell yeah, you're gonna lose to Max. <laughs> we don't talk about we don't talk about Checo being a bad driver. And let's, let, let's be clear. Max is the best driver in the world. So I don't want to compare those two because there's a difference. Like Lando's going to be a world champion, but Max is already a world champion. He's about to be a two-time world champion. So let's not mix those two up. It's crazy. But yeah, I just, I don't buy into the Danny disrespect where he doesn't belong in the grid. That to me is just there's, crazy. I find like there's two sides to the Danny story. It's like there's the Danny homers and then there's like, no, he doesn't deserve to be an F1. Yeah, I mean, that, that's very accurate. I'm right in the middle where it's like, I'm not, Danny's not a world champ, but Danny belongs on the grid. But let's get back to our original conversation. So let's say Alvatore retains I, Yuki. I really think Mick is going to be in Haas. That's fair. But my whole point is, where, could, where is, are his available spots? Alvatore retains Yuki. I think that's most likely. Okay. We, we're going to say, Holt, for the purposes of this pod, Holt, Colton Herta doesn't not get a coming. seat. So Joe's Pierre, staying another year. Pierre retains Alpha. at Alvatore. Joe retains himself at Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Bottas is locked up. It's really only mixed seat left. I so think. So then the only is place Lance is up? either. We no. know Lance's seat he's, is yeah, it's taken, saying. but is his seat up though? I don't know. It might be up, but we know he's going to retain. So then there's only two options. Stay at Haas or go to Williams. So, so let's talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll merge into Nick with this as well. Giovinazzi, like really? Nah, he ain't coming back. But, Hulk, but, but that's the rumor. They have Giovinazzi, they have Hulkenberg, and they are also giving the Alpine reserve driver a shot too. Why? I, I don't get it. Why, right? Like, that, why do you want that? Like, why do you want wash goods like Hulkenberg? I, I wouldn't say wash. Oh, well, Nico, yes. I wouldn't say Giovinazzi because we broke down Giovinazzi and he was yeah. a serviceable driver. But why? Why would you take a chance on a rookie when Mick is a? Proven commodity where he's a good driver with upside. Yeah, so Mick slash that one. Hulkenberg slash that one. Yeah, I think Mick is the most favorable seat for Haas. But, you know, let's get into Nick. Nick had a great performance, man. Like, the reality is... How, was he a 28-year-old rookie? 27. 27. <laughs> he's a reserve driver for, for Mercedes. You see him in the Mercedes paddock at all times. Always with Toto. He's always with Toto. But he is the reserve driver, reserve driver for Williams as well. So he knows the car a little bit. But he had one practice. One hour before quality. One hour before quality. And he actually dueled with Joe and the likes and of all the these And the practice guys. was in the Aston Martin. No, he, he practiced for FP3 as well. I thought he did one practice in the Aston, then he had and then, an hour training in the Williams. Yeah, so he did FP1 with Aston and he had FP3. My whole point is he went for... Every car is different. Steering wheels are different. Yeah. Buttons are different. Yeah, I agree with you. So my whole point is, is that I think... I don't think he belongs in a seat before Mick, but I think Nick DeVries deserves a shot at F1. Yeah, I mean, 100% he deserves it. He showed it. He scored points in a Williams. 
I mean, he he's their 20th ranked driver. He has two more points than Nicholas Latifi. Yo, Nicholas Latifi is the only driver this year without a point. It just shows you how bad Nick, I mean, Nico Hulkenberg as well. But he's not a full-time yeah. driver. But I will say this, right? I don't know why Mercedes is hanging on to Nick. Maybe they see something I don't. And that's the reality of the situation. But I don't know if you watch the race, but did you see a world champion in there? In DeVries? Yeah. I didn't. I can't talk on that. I didn't really see a world champion, to be honest with you. Because um, I feel like, you know, when you threw George in the Mercedes, and obviously the Mercedes is overhyped. I mean, it was the best car. Yeah, bro. You can't compare the Williams to No, the but I'm saying I saw him fight through adversity with the, the two pit stops and still make his way up the grid. Nick DeVries just kind of sat there the whole time. That makes sense. He sat in that kind of, that he sat behind um, Pierre Gasly and in front of Joe the whole race, if that makes sense. So for me, I didn't see like, I didn't but see I any But I think there's talent. a difference there in the fact that like George was an F1 driver that season. At, Nick at, DeVries has never But raced. I'm not saying both things are the same. I'm saying I didn't see enough to claim, to claim Nick DeVries is some great, drag, yeah, yeah, some great driver. I, I can agree with that. I agree that he belongs on the grid. Agreed. That's my whole point. I think he belongs on the grid, but I don't know if he's going to be great. So I don't know why Mercedes is hanging on to him. That's my it's whole point. It's a sad world if Nick DeVries never gets a legitimate shot at F1 no, and he Latifi did. There's no way he doesn't after this performance. You can't deny him. Some Alpine is apparently interested in him too. I think he deserves a chance. I mean, he is, the, I think, a three-time Formula E but champion. But then was it the Alpine, was it Otmar who said he has to determine whether he wants to do uh, W, what's it? Where does he race? Um, I don't know, bro. The E series. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's not an obvious choice if you pick Formula. That's what I said, but then I'm like, why the hell is Otmar saying that? Otmar's been on some shit lately. If you've been reading, it's like, bro. Of course, he's gonna take F1. I agree with that too. I mean, to leave it with Nick DeVries is he deserves a seat on the grid. He outperformed Nicholas Latifian, and that might not be saying much to be honest. But I will say he did put up an Alex Albon type performance. Like this is where I would expect Alex Albon to fit. And as much as people want to disrespect he only beat Latifi, at the end of the day, Nick DeVries has spent the last three or four years around a championship-level team. He's spent the last three, four years around Lewis Hamilton. Total Yo, Albon only has four points this season. Nick DeVries half that in his first ever well, race. Let's not be blind to those nine grid penalties. Yeah, and it was a car that they were favor uh, track they were favorite track on. Track they favorite at. So let's not be blind to those. Though Those are circumstances in his favor. And like you said, circumstances are a thing in F1. But... Let's not act like he was in fucking hungry on a shit track and he made something out of it, right? For sure. I also do want to bring up Colton Hurd again because I actually had a conversation over the weekend with someone who's very familiar with the sport and Indy. Um, Who actually watches Indy? Like, that's a real And the individual said, Indy and Formula One is like the comparison between NBA basketball and like junior high school basketball. Yeah, it's, there's levels to it. He said there is actually no, you can't even put them in the same conversation. And then when you look at Colton Herta, he finished 10th, 7th. Like, he hasn't won an Indy championship. So why are people so high on him? What do you mean? You can't think of it. You can't think of it. Because he's American? Yeah. Well, you're bringing an American in for purely, but okay, here's where it's wrong. Americans are all about if you aim first, you're last. So they're going to bring in an American but loser. But Alfatori can ride the wave of an American fan base for one year but and an get American a lot of money. Loser. Yeah, but they can ride the wave going into the year and get $50 million That's in sponsorship. I, I thought for sure he must be a star in Indy. 
Yeah, I mean, he was never a star. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of the last time guys. he had a uh, the was 2018. I think he finished second. But I don't want to look at those things. Maybe he's shown great performance. I don't follow Colton Herta enough. I know he's not a star in Indy, but my whole point is around that is. But it's also why it's the money. FIA is standing okay, behind so, the super so, license points because the Indy is trash. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How much? How, how did Lance Stroll get a seat? He paid his way in. How did Sergio Perez get I mean, a seat? I mean, they all paid their way in. So why can't hold Colton Herta? Except the he, FIA will not bend on their points. No, no, I'm talking about if, if he got his license. I mean, if he has his license, if he'll someone's find throwing a way forty in. million dollars at AlphaTauri, you don't think AlphaTauri wants to take that seat? No, you're right. They probably have a promise from a sponsorship of saying if you take Colton Herta. Well, Herta, you do know he races for Andretti. Yeah, he he races for Andretti. And they are dying to get into F1. So maybe they're paying it. My whole point is, is that there's definitely money involved and he brings all of America behind them. I think it's really Andretti just trying to force your way. In. I think Pato Ward's a better choice, by the way. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I'm with familiar. I think Pato Ward's a better choice. I want to get into the comments from De, uh, Dominicali, Stefano. Did Which you, ones? Do you know they're thinking about doing reverse grids on sprint races? No. So they now want to put Max Verstappen on the back on a sprint race and see what he can do for the, on Sunday. Is this a solely an entertainment play? That's what they He said nothing's off the table. Paraphrasing. He well, says you know, looking at all these different ways. The NBA ways. does that with the G League. like no, So they can no. look at F1 as the sprint races. No. Come on, bro. What do you mean? That's like saying, okay, Golden State, you're, you're down 20 points. I'm saying, you know, in the G League, they experiment with one free throw, four but point ex- shots. But oh. they experiment. F2 is the G League. Let's call it, let's call it what, it, what a spade a spade. In F2, they do reverse grid. So if you finish one on a qualifying, you'll start in the back on a race. That's just stupid to me. That's all entertainment play for the goddamn purity but, of the know, sport. They, they just care about money, bro, and viewership. It's unfortunate th- to say listen, that's what it is. I think as a viewer, I think that'd be fun to watch. But do you think I want to see George... If I'm Max Verstappen, I hate it. Do you think I want to see George Russell and Max Verstappen start at the back of the grid and watch Nicholas Latifi battle up for a first place finish, <laughs> potentially? Latifi would find a way to but spin But you got to look at it this way, too. Like, if Max is at the back of the grid, let's say Max gets pulled on a reverse grid, right? Let's just say. There's more chances for accidents. Well, that's not even that. How is he going to pass Charles? It's not like he's going through a bunch of shit cars. How's that fair? No, it does. I don't like it. I don't like it at all, too. The thing I will say, too, is like, okay, if it's a reverse grid, why not just finish last? Yeah, then no one's going to push hard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how exactly it works. It's the dumbest thing ever. I I need to read this, but it makes no sense. But basically, they're looking at everything's on the table to make it more entertaining of a sport. And it's a sport. It's not a fucking circus. Yeah, this is where these big organizations, I mean, people have talked about that with the NBA at times. Yeah, but I don't think like they change stuff competitively. It's more of where they bring the entertainment and doing a midseason tournament. They don't say, Golden State, you're going to start 20 points down in the, in, in, in yeah, this yeah. game because it's well, last week. Yeah, but you know, this shouldn't surprise you. We saw what happened at the end of last year. Yeah, so year. let's talk about that. How did you feel about the whole comparison to Abu Dhabi and they finished on a safety car? Bad uh, memories? What, what? Where's your head at? I... Every time it's brought up or we are reminded, like in this last race where they finished um, the race behind a safety car, it sucks because it just continues to reassure and reaffirm that the rules are broken. Yeah, but I would say at least they're following the rules now. <laughs> yeah, with zero at stake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would you prefer them to continue to break the rule and make the sport look like a joke? 
I mean, I, there's, there's not a world where they wouldn't do it now because it's such a source like spot in F1. It's a, it's a tough topic, but I mean, the point is, is that we move forward. Right. And I obviously think Lewis should be an eight time champion. Like I said, Lewis should be a 10 time champion, realistically speaking, but, um, that's not the point. The point is, is at least they're making a step forward. But also, they I should have been... used this race as a perfect example to red flag it and restart. But then it's gimmicks. It still, it still damages the competitive integrity. Let, let, if we're talking about competitive integrity, well, yeah, is that fair to follow max? Follow the rules. Follow the rules. Is that fair to max? It's not. Right? The thing is, a safety car brings a lot of things into play. Pits. A red, red flag literally says, we're going to start here and make it fresh. Right? Like, that's the issue. It's like, you guys all have the same feel or whatever feel you started with, and we let you guys pit with fresh tires. It is fair to an extent that you can go here and here, but on a safety car, you have a rolling start, which is a lot more favorable than a, a standing yeah. start. Right? And the different, uh, a different thing that I kind of bring into perspective is, regardless if it's Max or Lewis, it's just not fair to just even everything out. Now, if they do a different thing where they say no tire changes and different stuff like that, then I think it's fair. But red flags right now are not fair. So if they said no tire changes, we're just going to do a standing start. You guys have to stay on the same tires. We just want to race. I may agree with that, but that's not the rules. But the bottom right line is it's the integrity. So if the rules say that, follow the damn rules. That's how I feel or about it. Or change the rules. No, no, but that's what they're talking about. Should we change the rules to red flag with under 10 laps? 10 laps to go, even if it's a virtual safety yeah, car. But then make an official rule change. Yeah, but I'm saying and do it at the end of the season. We're not debating that. I'm debating do you want to see that? Um, I would be up for that. I'm not against it, but I'm more of a purist in the fact that it's like if Max built a 20-second advantage and there's a safety car, he should have a rolling start. Yeah. Right? And the thing is about a, a you know, the the difference with a red flag too right now is if you pit in a safety car, you can lose a position. With a red flag, you don't lose shit. Yeah, it's a, auto, it's a freebie for everyone. It's a freebie, right? And you know what? That may benefit Max as well. We're just speaking to this race. But I just don't, it just doesn't sit well with me. I think we just should leave the sport the way it is. That's the way I think. And I'm not saying it's bad if they change it, but I kind of like it the way it is where it's racing though. We talk about racing is racing. So if you finish one out of 22 races on a safety car, well, that's racing. Let it be. Let it be. Yeah, still sad, Louis. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure you heard me on the pod, but I think their chances to win are over if they don't win in Singapore. Where's your head at? Honestly, it's starting to look a lot more like that's a reality for me. Singapore is a chance, but it's a bumpy circuit, so you're going to have to raise your it's, ride high. Yeah, it's a slow technical course. But that's where Mercedes thrives. But it's a bumpy circuit, so their, their ride height's not going to be as low. So I think... So I, I just don't want like it's going to be Mexico's really hard to. for Lewis to lose his streak of having a race win every year. It will be hard just I, because it's not like he's um, Kimi Raikkonen at the end of his career. Like he got screwed though, last race <laughs> with all the safety cars. Where do you think he could have finished? No, I'm talking about um, not uh, not Mon. Uh, what's the track we went to after at Zandvoort? That was his best chance at winning. Oh, yeah. Zanvor, like, he didn't get screwed, like, by anybody. It's just, like, the safety cars fucked him. He had a chance. That yeah. was his best chance to win. If the safety cars fell in line, remember, if there's no safety car, Max pits, and he's behind George and Lewis. And then they have a chance with Max with fresher tires to fight off uh, Max. 
that was the play. That and then they had safety cars and it fucked everything up. But I will say that I think that was his chance and it got messed up because who who DNF'd? No, it was, it was it was it was uh, Yuki. Oh yeah, Yuki. Yuki's whole issue. Yeah, that's and right. And then they everyone was like, "Oh, Red Bull's playing tricks." And yeah. So, but my whole point is, I think that was his, his chance, and I think it's it's passed. I don't think he wins a Grand Prix. It's, it's very sad if that's the case. I, but I actually think George wins it before he does. If if there's all anybody things be considered George. with the machinery that those two drivers have had this year, they've done, I think, an exceptional well, job. When you say that, I think that's a double double sorted statement or double edged statement because their machinery has also been really reliable. It's being extremely reliable. So it's like you can't say with their machinery. Their machinery is part of the reason why they have podiums. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but George has had top five finish in every race he's raced in. No, no, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm saying their machinery is also the reason why they've had the results because they've been the most reliable car on the circuit. Other than other than DNFs from accidents, Mercedes hasn't had a single DNF that was they technical related. A single gearbox DNF. issue over here. Like they've been perfect, man. Yeah, I mean, they had that at the end of, I think, Australia. Mm-hmm. Or Miami, whichever they race still that was. finished. They still finished. But my whole point is like their machinery has also been the I reason. Think every other team has had a yes, retirement. For sure. Every other team I can name. We know we definitely know all the hot, all the Ferrari teams have. Alpine has had them. McLaren had it at least last race. Williams. Red Bulls had it. Williams has had it. Aston's had a ton. Aston's had it both cars last race. And yeah. That's kind of crazy that Mercedes has literally been the Merc is the only car that's literally not DNF through a technical resource. So we're, we won't hold you guys too much longer. My whole point is that their machinery is part of the reason why they've had the results because they've been so reliable. Like that—that th- that is the one thing Mercedes can say they did well this year. Is they built a reliable built car. A, yeah, a reliable car. Very reliable car. So yeah, we'll see. We go to uh, Singapore next, and then Japan, which is exciting because it's the first time I mean, we're three weeks. F one is sucks. back to Asia since the pandemic. It's three weeks off though. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I'm just like. It's great to see the sport return to Asia. I can't wait to see the Marina Bay Sands lit up in the nighttime it's race. Be sick. This is a daytime race for us, right? I would assume so. Yeah, because it's done at night in Singapore. So, but it's gonna be shit qualifying because qualifying is done like kind of midday. I think it's gonna be done like five or six a.m. for us. I, I'm gonna assume. I do want to leave this uh, leave this with you before we go. So George has beat Lewis in raw stats this year in terms of how many wins he has and how many qualifyings he has, right? Yeah, but I think in head to head head to head George is winning. Even and in race quali- wins. I don't know oh, about qualifying. Wins, yeah, in ra- in quality, I think Lewis is ahead. And by I one. think I hate F1 Twitter because it's really toxic. Because people are like, "Well, look at Lewis; he's lost to George." And we all know that since they haven't been testing stuff, Lewis has been the better driver by far. Where races, are you in that? Race is you at then? nine a.m. in Singapore for us. It's nine a.m. Yeah. So that's so that's good. So where are you ranking this? Where are you ranking George's season? Are you are you on the line that he's shown very well because he's beaten Lewis at times? Or are you like, Lewis was kind of back. Like, which side on the Twitter fence are you? I think I'm giving George like a perfect score on the year. I think he's done exceptionally well. <laughs> he's been super consistent. And Lewis has been the better driver. And he's supposed to be the better driver. Yeah, I agree. So, like, there's... to For anyone to say that Lewis sucks and George beat him, it's like... Well, after they start stopped with the crazy setups, Lewis has outperformed him. Yeah, Lewis and has outperformed him. And that's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen. And then George has carried the team from a point standpoint. George is, un- I mean, he's fourth in the, in the driver's championship. Like, shout out to George Russell, man. And that's what, like, it makes me obviously continue to take back what I said last year. And George so, is so great. So let me ask you this. 
He, bro, George still might finish third. He might, but let me ask you this. I, I really want to throw this out to you, right? Do you think by chance, and it pains me to say, like George becomes like a Bottas? Because, and hear me out. Bottas was finishing third, fourth, fifth. Bottas was in the best car. I know, but I'm saying the fact is like, maybe he becomes that like Kimi Raikkonen where he only squeezes nah. out one or he's like, he's a good driver, but he's not great because think about Danny Ricardo when he started his career at Red Bull. He's yeah, but, the same th thing. but you, you just mentioned drivers like Danny Rick. Who's the other one you mentioned? Kimmy. Yeah, but before Kimmy, you said Valtteri. Yeah. Those, Danny and Valtteri never won a championship. If he wins one championship and he's Kimmy Raikkonen, doesn't matter. He won a chip. But, but my point is, is, you know, Danny started off in Red Bull after their era of dominance. And he was touted as this, like, he was touted like George. Let's call a spade a spade. Are you worried about that at all? Because you nah, haven't seen a race win? I'm not win? worried about that. George is seven points off Sergio Perez, and Sergio Perez is in a way faster car. Sergio's, I, I think George has been very good, don't get me wrong, but Sergio's also had some very bad luck. You know, DNFs. But that comes with racing, That comes right? with racing. Like we said, Mercedes That comes with racing. That comes with racing. I'm not saying that thing. I said, you know, so I think Sergio's had four or five technical DNFs. Yeah. They, right? It's been bad for him. Like, they're going to win the drivers. They're going to smash constructors. But it's like, if they didn't have the amount of like those DNFs, especially on Sergio's side, they would be so much further ahead. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Listen, I give George all his flowers. I don't think, I don't expect him to finish third. I expect him to finish fourth. But and he's done a great job. I will say that I still think he's a world championship driver, but I do worry because if you don't win and you're like, you become Danny Ricardo potentially. Yeah. But, right? you know, I think the hunger and the, Fires there. I mean, same with a guy like Lando. They both, him and Lando both have the similar trajectories, age. They're both looking for their first win. They're going to keep keep fighting. I'm not worried. I, I I disagree with you for the similarities because Lando's in a car that he continually says, I need to fight and learn. Right? Which George is in right now. But if George is in that great car and he doesn't win, yeah, eventually you become accustomed to machinery. Like everybody's theory on F1 Twitter was, well, George knows how to drive a shit car. Lewis doesn't. So that's why he's performing better. And you there's something to be said about learning how to drive a bad car and being like, when you get a good car. I mean, it prepares you. Yeah, exactly. So George is now out of that. Lando's still dealing with that, right? Although George's car is not the best, he's driving a pretty solid car. So those are things that you come to mind as like, does that take away from his race craft before he actually gets to win a world championship? And then you think about the, the, the dynamics behind the headspace is like, if you instantly came out winning a world champion, he might have a better mental advantage rather than him fighting for one at 26. You know what I mean? Or 27 if he hasn't won for three years. You know what I mean? That's just kind of where my head's yeah, at. Yeah, mentally, but. we'll see what it does. Um, Charles has obviously overtaken Perez. Does Charles finish second? Yes, for sure. For sure. There's Shout out to Ferrari. Um, they looked better last week. By they the looked way. better last week. So I do want to say that. And I also want to say that their car looked really good. And oh, I love I'm the talking yellow. about I love good the in the aesthetics. Yeah, I love the yellow. I think that they should bring that back. That looks so good. It makes you feel like you're back in the 90s and early 2000s. I was like, damn. Because it reminded me of me growing up watching Michael Schumacher. Yeah. I don't know if Ferrari ever gets back, man. So anyways, hopefully Mick Schumacher is on the grid next year. Yeah. I'm not watching F1. We've got TV like a mini summer break again. Yeah. We've got I the eSports e Pro Championship I mean, coming up. Listen, bro. This is a big thing because teams have time to develop their parts. Yeah, it's this not a like... Big, it's so a big break. Come on, Mercedes. I mean, listen. My thing is, Mercedes, this is your best chance to win. This is a circuit that kind of fits you, 
Come back with some upgrades. Show us why you're the eight-time constructor championship. Even if it's only one race, come up with a miracle. Exactly. This is the you. I think Japan fits. You've lost. Well too. You've lost this season, but you gotta at least fight for a race win. You gotta fight for a race win. I think that you know you said on another podcast, it's very comfortable for you to see a one-two Mercedes on the track. Well, I agree with you. It was good to see, but right now it's not happening. So. I think Japan is a good circuit for them as well, FYI. I think the two Asian uh, tracks, they have a shot. We'll see if they do anything with it, but I think those two circuits, they have a shot on. Matt, uh, Japan does have some very long straights, but it's always got some very technical aspects of the circuit as well. So we'll leave you guys at that. It's probably longer than we expected. What We were up approaching like 30-ish minutes. Any last words? Anything you want to talk about before we sign out? It was, it's good to be back on the pod. Thanks for holding it down. And uh, there's... Some travel coming up for us. We're going to be in Jamaica. Yeah, we're going to be in Jamaica. We'll uh, we'll make sure we still keep bringing the content. You know how happy I am that there's no F- F1 this weekend? I know. It's perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Out perfectly. All right. Peace. Peace.